Welcome. This is Stephen Lee, and this is life and the living of it. Some people know that to push my buttons, all you have to do is invoke the name of God in some way that hurts other people. And voila, my buttons are then pushed. There are several toxic theologies that do this, but I guess today I want to focus on my own journey with LGBTQ issues from the time that I was homophobic and how those feelings and internalizations and body responses and thoughts and ways of thinking and feeling changed over time. Now, I grew up in the 70s to a moderately conservative household, but certainly by fifth or sixth grade, I knew that there were people different than me. And it seems we had all kinds of names for them and rhymes and games we played and negative peer pressure and verbal abuse my little group of friends had been taught, as I had, fear the ones different. In seventh grade, I went to summer camp, and someone convinced me that there was someone gay in our cabin. And then before I knew it, every finger was pointing to my friend Mark. Oh, better watch out. Mark is going to get you. You better not sleep next to Mark at night. Better watch out. I don't know if Mark was gay or not. That's not really the point. I do know that from that time on, he was treated as an outsider, as a freak as a queer, and that week was probably a terrible week for Mark. And of course, the counselor overheard some of this, but said nothing. I'd almost wish back then an authority figure would have stopped it and pointed out that calling people names and treating them differently simply because they're different is not a good thing to do, neither is it a Christian thing to do. But all was silent. No voices of authority spoke up. In high school, I took drama both my freshman year and my senior year. But I was so clueless back then, I didn't realize that drama was a place that people who had been abused or vilified, that's where they gathered, that's where they felt safe. That was their peer group. And I mean, I truly was clueless. They just seemed like interesting people. Until close to the end of my senior year, one of my friends pointed out, hey, you know so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so are gay, right? And I was surprised. I was also immature enough at that point to change my behavior towards them. I was not wantingly cruel and didn't verbally abuse them, but I did pull away and I'm sure they noticed. That same year I visited the drama program in one of the universities and I went to an after party there and I saw two boys kissing each other. And because I had not had any parental or authority figure that would have allowed me to work through some of the questions I had or the fears I had, I was already geared to see that in terms of what was wrong for me. I remember being totally freaked out and I left quite early. Sadly, this also would have been a perfect time for some person, authority figure, role model, to come up and to help me with my own fears. But that didn't happen. So when I got to college and I saw that there were quite a few people that were very different than me, quite a few people that identified as gay or lesbian, I avoided them. I try not to speak bad about them, but I avoided them. It wasn't until I got to know my friend, Robert, a pseudonym, and hung out with him for quite a few months before I learned that he was gay. And you guessed it, I started keeping my distance from him. I mean, he was a friend and he didn't seem gay to me. Of course, realize my idea of what a gay man was back then was very, very, very limited and incorrect. And by the end of that semester, I was not spending any time with him. 
It wasn't until the next semester I saw him hanging out with a woman that I thought, oh, yeah, he's not gay, he's hanging out with a woman. And I started spending a little more time with him again, only to realize, no, indeed, he was still gay. And I learned from this woman who became his best friend that, yes, he noticed when I stopped hanging out with him, and he had guessed the reason, and he was hurt. Now, let me tell you, around the same time I was in a group called Proclaim, there were very conservative Christians. We got together to sing, to pray, to talk about campus life, to talk about our lives. They had showed me time and again the people that I should pray for, but also pray against. I mentioned Robert at one point, and they gleefully pointed out all of the passages in the Bible that were used to condemn absolutely the sin of homosexuality. But then I learned that one member of the group actually sent letters to him, condemning him and telling him he was going to hell. And then I started feeling very ashamed of being part of that group. Because I was always a seeker after truth, but after that behavior, I could not condone it. When they started praying against the health and welfare of Robert and some of the professors, I couldn't stomach it anymore. The verses, they will know we are Christians by our love, and beloved, let us love one another. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. I was not seeing disciples of love, and I sure didn't feel like a disciple of love. So I did finally quit that group, but I still didn't intentionally spend time with Robert because I still didn't know how to be around him, how to relate. I was still caught in all of my fears, and I regret bitterly that I don't know how to contact him today to ask for his forgiveness for how I treated him and that I wasn't like that anymore. Now, a couple of years after I graduated, I also got back together with who used to be one of my campers. She was part of the SIT-CIT group that I taught, and I learned that she was a lesbian and had actually proposed to her girlfriend. Yet I didn't feel threatened. I wasn't fearful. I think because she was a woman and would never be attracted to me. And we kept up a conversation, and then she called one night absolutely in tears. Her fiancé had been attacked for being gay, and that attack led to a hematoma which eventually cost her her life. And my friend was absolutely devastated. And I realized, while I would never attack someone physically, I was part of the problem. I was part of the mindset, the same mindset that the people who did attack her were part of. The mindset of homophobia and fear. And then I really dived deeply into the passages in the Bible. On the one hand, some passages seem to be black and white about homosexuality. On the other hand, anything that took away from the first and second greatest commandment, love your God and love your neighbor, were also wrong. The whole law is summed up in this, to love your God and to love your neighbor. I had to take the words of Christ with more weight than any other words. I had to take the actions of Christ with more weight than any other actions. I had to get to a point where this inner tension between what I've been taught and what I knew could be resolved. I started asking pastors. I started asking teachers. I started asking my friend. I needed some way to resolve the issue. What I ended up doing was making it a gray area, but a gray area that I would always err on the side of compassion and care and love until that gray area was resolved. 
Now, the first breakthrough did not happen until the internet became more popular, and I had joined a couple of Christian groups online. And in one such group, a whole bunch of people were bashing a young gay man. They vilified him. They made him an enemy. They made him the sinner extraordinaire. They clobbered him online with Bible passages and threats of eternal damnation. And I felt like finally I had to respond. I countered every theological argument that they had with my own. Hard-fought ones, the ones that I had spent years examining. Ones that created the gray area that I still thought I had to err on the side of compassion and love. And I found while defending him, my gray area stopped being gray. Homophobia now became 100% wrong. Not biblically based, not something Christ would like to see, not the way God created the world. Not the laws summed up in love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Not in the fruits of the Spirit. And I became the target for the people online. I was told I was going to hell. I was told I was deluded. If only I would return to Scripture. If only I would listen to the mature Christians. If only I would ask for forgiveness and repent. I would be welcomed back into the fold. But I did not. Now, I understand that y'all listening to this podcast may not agree with my views on LGBTQ, and that's okay. I purposely didn't quote a bunch of scripture or go into the theological critical treaties upon which some of the lies that create homophobia are based. I did want to share with you that it came down to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two cornerstones caused me to begin to doubt if homophobia really had a place in God's kingdom. It took years, but those were the two goalposts through which I finally came out the other side. I want to finish this off with one other observation I had in seminary. I went to a small group that was going to talk about LGBT issues in ministry, and I talked with a person who was transitioning, and after some minutes of conversation... Finally, they said they had quit, they had given up trying to convince people that God was working inside of them. Now they just wanted other people to see them as human. And that's when I vowed that I would not only see them as human, but never fail to see someone in which God is working, in which God is loving, in which I can see Christ behind their eyes. And God reminds me all the time that everyone is God's beloved creation. And this is life and the living of it.